This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 22nd, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. For veterans suffering from PTSD and traumatic brain injuries, psychedelics have shown enormous promise. But virtually all of those drugs are treated by the DEA as having no therapeutic value. Meanwhile, the FDA is treating some psychedelics as breakthrough therapies. Jesse Gould is founder of the Heroic Hearts Project, which helps veterans get access to those drugs, typically outside the United States. How successful have efforts been to try to, one, get these men into treatment uh, so they don't become victims of suicide or uh, other you know, self-destructive behaviors? What is the state of play with respect to trying to treat those people? So it's tricky. I mean, fortunately, on, on the, the positive side, mental health conversations and pushing uh, more veterans to uh, admit that they might need help and also access to care has increased drastically over the past 10 years. Uh, before, it was very much taboo. It still is. Uh, there still is a huge um, understanding that if you fully reveal what you're going through, that it could drastically and dramatically affect your future career, your future ability to be in the military. So most people just stay silent. Uh, but there has been efforts to alleviate that. However, uh, the other side of this is, one, the VA changes from hospital to hospital. So you might get amazing care at one, and it might be substandard at another. Um, and also just our treatment, our accepted Western modalities of treatment have very limited efficacy in terms of actually overcoming uh, PTSD. Last, last numbers I checked coming from the VA uh, stated less than one in third, one in three actually overcome things like PTSD through talk therapy and medication. So with the number of vets, which is in the millions, uh, that's, that's a huge percentage that still need more options, more tools for better care. What does your project do? So my project, uh, my nonprofit is called Heroic Hearts Project, and we started in 2017. And since then, we have been connecting military veterans to psychedelic-based treatments and modalities uh, with containers of support and um, a whole programmatic system where they get coaching, uh, preparation, the actual psychedelic treatments, uh, and then aftercare. So I have spoken with uh, Leonard Pickard, and who I think introduced us actually. And Leonard sort of basically detailed that it was, you know, well known in the drug culture, the psychedelic culture of the late '60s and '70s that, well, you don't give psychedelics to people like that, and that you know you give them to people who can handle it emotionally and, and mentally are able to handle that, as I understand it, extremely powerful experience. Uh, and so, so how do you navigate that? That seems like a, uh, almost a red flag. That is if, if, if these are the people who, uh, you know, are, have, have suffered this emotional trauma, uh, how do you negotiate making sure that these people are a good fit? Well, it is. Uh, it does seem counterindicated uh, at first, um, and it does seem, which is what we're coming against, sort of this scary notion of, oh, if these people are quote-unquote unstable and we're giving them these things that change their perception of reality, that cannot be a good thing. And in some actual cases, we that is true. What they found with modern research and uh, both clinical and, and observational studies is that 
for instance, we still don't know, and we're still not safe with people who have predispositions to things like schizophrenia, multiple personality disorders, major bipolar disorder. So people who, in terms of their mental psyche and state, um, have sort of predisposition towards some sort of uh, emotional or chemical instability, uh, psychedelics are, are definitely not advised, at least as, as far as what we know right now. However, it's come full circle on the other side where uh, these people who have PTSD or depression or anxiety are finding amazing relief uh, through these psychedelic modalities. And it's not just a question of just throw them under a big uh, dose of LSD or, or give them a handful of mushrooms and say good luck. There is a method to the process. There is a preparation. There is an intake in terms of finding if the right fit where they're at in terms of their own course. But the reason why we're seeing psychedelics um, be effective to this group is especially, for instance, of what I said with veterans, where there's this ability to compartmentalize and, and store uh, these traumas, that makes it very hard for traditional talk therapy to approach those. Whereas with psychedelics, what, we're sh what they're seeing from a research standpoint is one, it's uh, when you're going into it, it deflates the ego, it depresses something called the default mode network. What it essentially is doing is the normal um, ego structures that we we build up and protect ourselves. It brings those down so these traumas and these emotions can come up. But because the psychedelic itself is also connecting many parts of your brain, it's almost like this very intense dream, so to speak. So you're able to process and able to essentially refile um, some of these traumas, some of these memories. Uh, in a more productive way. So they're not uh, causing uh, the, these, these issues, these out, uh, the, 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 the outbursts that we see with a lot of people with these conditions. How do you measure success and how do you look at how much you're helping these people? Uh, I know that from a conversation I had a long time ago with a writer by the name of Tom Schroeder, uh, the initial results from uh, experiments that have been done or studies that have been done with, uh, I believe, MDMA or uh, psilocybin, that those results were extremely positive and have, have spurred a lot of uh, research since then. But how do you measure success? Yeah, so I mean, just quickly touching on that for the audience, uh, things like psilocybin, which is a component in mushrooms, has been declared a breakthrough therapy by the FDA. So it's going through clinical studies and that's for depression. Uh, something like MDMA is hopefully within a year of being uh, legalized for, for psychiatric uses because it's also been declared a breakthrough therapy for PTSD with tremendous results. Uh, and so in the same sort of uh, fashion, that's what we're trying to do. Essentially, we're building this infrastructure on the outside because we have not been able to study psychedelics and they have not been accessible, but we're seeing such huge efficacy. But we as sort of leaders in this space are trying to do the best to do that as safely, effectively, um, and as regimented like a clinical trial as possible. So we've been working with various prestigious universities to track these results, as well as getting a lot of um, more observational or anecdotal uh, research. On the anecdotal side, there's, there's so much, there's a huge history, and it's hard to deny when you see somebody go through this and then years later, they're thriving in life and don't have the same. I mean, that's a hard result when it keeps repeating, repeating, repeating. But from a data standpoint, we're working with University of Texas, Austin, Imperial College of London, University of Georgia, 
uh, in University of Colorado Boulder, and we're studying everything from effects on depression, anxiety, um, PTSD. We're doing a study on traumatic brain injury uh, with psilocybin, uh, epigenetics, gut microbiome. So pretty broad spectrum, uh, what we're looking into. And that's the other fascinating thing about psychedelics that you don't generally see in traditional pharmacopoeia is generally when you have a pill or a medication, it's, it's targeting one very specific thing, generally one very specific process or neuron in your brain for a certain ailment, uh, right? For instance, SSRIs, uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors targets the serotonin, um, uh, um, parts of your brain uh, to help with depression or anxiety. Psychedelics, we're seeing such a broad spectrum potential effect. So it's not just these psychological disorders, but can also, there's there's some evidence of helping addiction, some help, evidence of helping OCD, eating disorders, neuroticism, uh, even physical ailments, for instance, our, our traumatic brain injury study. So it's... It, all indications are showing this is going to open up so many different avenues of research and understanding for our trauma, but then also how our physical mind-body connection works. You are helping people who have, for lack of a better phrase, served their country. Uh, and the FDA has declared some of these plants or chemicals breakthrough therapies but the federal government considers, I believe, uh, most of them schedule one drugs, which, which means no established therapeutic use. Um, so how do you navigate that? How do you stay on the right side of the law while also helping these people? And of course, you believe in this, right? You, you believe that this is extremely valuable. How do you stay on the right side of the law while doing that work? Very, very carefully on tiptoes. Uh, I mean, first off, I mean, most most people who understand the system and who have worked within it understand that the scheduling is is very archaic system and actually wasn't established based on science, but it's caused extreme limitations. So for, like you said, with the Schedule 1, uh, everything in there, psychedelics, cannabis, and then some other harder core drugs, which you can understand why they're there, no medicinal value and, and highly addictive. And that's both of those cases are not true for psychedelics. It's already been shown. But in order to demonstrate that to the level to change it, it's been nearly impossible, which is why it's taken 40 to 50 years and hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the way we are able to operate is essentially we work with retreat centers in countries where these substances are legal and have a long history of safe use. So a lot of these psychedelics, uh, especially in their organic form, come from traditional ceremonies, traditional communities, but since then they've also formed and kind of merged with Western medicine and traditional medicine and formed more Western focused retreats. So anywhere from addiction to trauma to just uh, essentially quality of life. And these are typically in Latin America, but for instance, next uh, week I'm gonna be heading to Jamaica for the psilocybin traumatic brain study where, cause the government there is accepting uh, the, these, these substances. And so essentially, which is the travesty of this work, unfortunately, we're able to do it. But the fact that U.S. military veterans who have put their life on the line for this country have to go to other countries to get effective mental health care. They are forced to go to places like Mexico and Peru just to save their lives. And they're forced to do it on their own dime or through nonprofits like ourselves. 
So, you know, whatever people think at the core about psychedelics, the indication that thousands of veterans are going overseas just for some sort of uh, break from 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 the, the, the trauma that they've been going through for decades should open people's eyes and should get people asking, why is this going on? What's wrong with our system? Just the baseline that we exist indicates a, a broken system to some degree. And fortunately, like I said, with the research backing it up uh, and all these major universities and researchers and even some of the government are starting to finally wake up to where some of the VAs independently are doing their own studies, uh, psychedelics, there is starting to be a broad-based agreement that there's something here. Uh, Just to recapitulate, you have sort of a two-pronged approach. One is to help uh, individual veterans overcome their uh, difficulties and the, the traumas that they have suffered in the line of duty, but also allow that information to be gathered and used by researchers to try to make a uh, more empirical case on behalf of, uh, if not legalizing, at least allowing these uh, drugs to be used for therapeutic purposes. What has the reception been on Capitol Hill? I know no one wants to be opposed to veterans uh, uh, certainly veterans who have suffered uh, as a result of doing the work on behalf of the United States that they have done, what's been the uh, reaction to the kind of work that you're doing? So far, the most effective policy has been more um, utilizing you know, our federal system going on the, the statewide basis. So oftentimes, even uh, Democratic or conservative states, for instance, Texas passed a psychedelic uh, bill, and I mentioned we're working with the University of Texas, uh, but the statewide, uh, it's a little bit easier, uh, you, less bureaucracy, less implications. Um, and so as with other policies, um, pushing for the statewide change, and that has been very, very effective. Um, on the federal, it, obviously, it's it's slower moving, right? Even we when we have these one-on-one meetings with uh, representatives, like I did this last week, or staffers, um, then it tends to be pretty re- responsive, receptive. Uh, it's just getting it to move through the wheels of Congress and politics. And especially when I think now there's, there, there, there's, it's hard. It's, I think it's increasingly hard for people to stick their necks out there. Um, I mean, that in my mind should always be the case. If you're a politician, you should be there for the right reasons, but, uh, nobody wants to, be out there and then that have completely wrecked their career and then not be able to have any effect on it. So we are getting good reception. And the the beauty about this, uh, because it's so effective, it has really been a bipartisan support across both aisles where you're getting everywhere from AOC to Dan Crenshaw to Matt Gates talking about this. The recent bill that just uh, got pushed was with Cory Booker and Rand Paul, you know, strange bed- bedfellows across the board. And that bill that's being introduced is called a Breakthrough Therapies Bill, which essentially like psilocybin and MDMA, which have already shown tremendous results in the FDA. It's almost this compassionate use of these veterans that don't have another five years uh, because their their PTSD is is wreaking havoc on their life. And as you can see, there's record high suicide rates with veterans. So a lot of these veterans just don't have the luxury of time on their side when their lives are actively declining. So for those groups, why not give them one more tool when everything else has failed? And so that's the point of this bill is 
we should value these lives and try everything, even if it gives us a little bit of a caution because of the, the, the stigma around it. But, you know, what's worse than them not at least getting some sort of chance? What brought you to this work? So my own my own personal journey with and that's the case of the nonprofits that and foundations that are the most effective. It has to have that that passionate cause because, you know, these these things are a grind to to get started and continue on. I was an army ranger with three combat deployments to Afghanistan. I uh, was a non-commissioned officer, so in charge of many junior rangers. Uh, since that time, I have known double-digit people who have unfortunately taken their own life. Many of my guys uh, have called me up struggling themselves. Um, I hit my own walls unexpectedly and just didn't find the support I needed through the VA system. I just found a very uh, limited possibilities and a option that would potentially put me on medication for the rest of my life. And, you know, me being <laughs> either headstrong or a fighter, I, I didn't accept that as, as my, my destiny. And I came in with stigmas around psychedelics just as much as anybody else. I was a studious stare student. Um, and when my life was just getting to this point where I had very few options, I said, what, what do I have to lose? Right? Like whatever I had at that point was not worth preserving. So let me try this more radical solution, or at least what I thought was a radical solution. I went a, to a, um, reputable psychedelic retreat and it changed my mind. One, it was extremely difficult is one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Um, and so it wasn't this happy-go-lucky, let's have fun in the woods, being high on psychedelics experience. But two, uh, just after a week of treatment, uh, just vastly changed my life, my psyche in terms of the things that were previously uh, that I was holding on to or that were holding me back. But then also it, it, it really seemed to affect my brain to a degree that it just worked better because I was a mortarman with the rangers and had undiagnosed traumatic brain injury. So just from that healing itself. So the combination of those two, not saying it's a magic pill and that, you know, everything was, was hunky dory afterwards, but it definitely took away the barriers that were preventing me from maximizing my life. And then the rest is just discipline and positive habits that are the, the, the secret sauce to this. So just getting people to that spot where it opens up so many more possibilities is the point of this work. And that's why we created this whole programmatic system. It's not just getting people to psychedelics. It's the support, it's the community, it's, a, it's many things. And so that's why we need the support of the governments, the VA, because it's a task much bigger than ourselves in terms of infrastructure. You started this project in 2017. And here we are coming up on six years later. Uh, are you surprised at how quickly this has moved? When you're when you're in it, you you always want things to move much quicker. But if uh, if I take the step back, then yeah, it has moved at lightning speed. And we say that in the psychedelic space, it's it's it moves like dog years. Where 2017 in in all, in all contexts is not really that long ago. Uh, but the conversations I was having then, when I was mentioning what I was doing and and trying to uh, push forward uh, versus the conversations now uh, with very esteemed individuals and esteemed organizations like Cato are night and day. Before it was just sort of introducing myself and what I'm doing and the 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 dead pause on the other side or the you know react knee jerk reaction. And now 
uh, there's interest, there's intrigue, there's intelligent conversations going on. There's we work with a um, lieutenant general who, you know, has some of the presidents on his speed dial, and he's a big fan of this. Admirals, high level operators, people who um, we write books about, people who have medals of honor. Uh, they've all fortunately one gotten these sort of treatments and it's helped their lives dramatically, but two have gotten on board likely because of that. So from the veteran space, it may not still have permeated to all levels yet, but I guarantee you within the veteran space, these are well known and sort of the benefit uh, of the veteran space is if we are not getting support, we'll just push forward and, and find it ourselves. We will figure it out. We will complete the mission. Right. And so but we shouldn't be forced to do that. And so that's why we're reaching out and trying to get others with more influence, more power, more resources like the government to help us, because inherently that is their job. They should not abandon veterans or, or military once the battle is over. Once we pull out of Afghanistan, the story is not done there. There's still the check to be paid. And that's what we're trying to get people to be accountable for. Jesse Gould is founder of the Heroic Hearts Project and is a former Army Ranger. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.